machines digging in the ground, stealing Well, uh, endowments these days, they are not just about stocks and bonds. They are about minerals. Uh, Really great story today uh, on the University of Oklahoma uh, about them and mineral rights. To uh, talk to us more about about that is the reporter on that story, Janet Lorne, our higher education reporter. All right, Janet, I love this story. Really, really great anecdotes in here. But first, I want to start off. What in the world are mineral rights and how did they end up in uh, University of Oklahoma's endowment? Great. Thank you very much, Danny. Um, so mineral rights are what's under the ground. So if you have left uh, land to a place like the University of Oklahoma, you've typically given everything on top and below. And universities uh, usually sell everything that's on top. And if you're in the case of Oklahoma and Texas, you know for generations, never sell your mineral rights. So it could be right to oil or gas or even gold or coal. And uh, the University of Oklahoma, like other places in Oklahoma and Texas and even North Dakota, uh, they were bequeathed these mineral rights, um, in some cases, decades and decades ago. And in the lead of the story, we talk about one man named Henry Moser, who, believe it or not, attended the University of Oklahoma more than a century ago. He was on the track team. He went to the pharmacy school. Uh, he became a pharmacist in a town north of Oklahoma City, and his customers gave him tips about where to buy mineral rights. So he bought them over, you know, over the course of his life. He and his wife, Ida, did not have any children. They lived very frugal lives. So when they both passed away, they bequeathed their mineral rights to the school. There was also some land, which the university held on to for a bit, uh, but they sold it. And they never expected that the mineral rights would become so valuable until a couple of years ago when they got this call from what is called a landman. And a landman is uh, somebody who's contracted by um, oil companies to contact uh, potential mineral rights owners. Uh, to see if they'd be interested in leasing their land uh, or drilling. Now, I can see this at the University of Oklahoma. I could see this at Oklahoma State University, whose great benefactor is T. Boone Pickens and knows a thing or two about mineral rights. But this isn't limited to OU. No. Um, In fact, University of North Dakota. Yep, North, same thing. Uh, A couple of schools in Texas. You know, same thing, as well as, you know, other churches and, and other foundations, family foundations. You know, you, you were your grandfather, great-grandfather, great-grandfather, you know, had access to mineral rights, and they were just passed down over generations. And in some cases, by the time, you know, a couple of generations got hold of them, they were diluted so much that they were a small amount. So uh, they would decide to, the families would decide to donate them. And in some cases, the university, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State University um, has been also looking for donations for a state gift. So they've been really working hard on that. And it may not be something they will materialize for years, but they have really looked towards the future where the University of Oklahoma, you know, given, you know, it's a land grant uh, school and it's been around for, you know, more than 100 years. Um, they were just given these bequeaths. And one of the cool stories was another uh, alumnus named Eric Rhodes, who is an actor on Broadway in the 1930s. And when he died, you know, he also didn't have children. And he, you know, bequeathed his mineral rights to the school. And again, you, you hear these same stories. We got this call one day, and, uh, you know, the school um, was the owner of the mineral rights, and, you know, 
fracking is new technology. It's become less expensive. The technology keeps getting better. And, uh, and that's the story. All right. Well, so you're talking a bit how, uh, you know, Texas, Oklahoma. um, But, you know, Janet, as you've reported on quite a bit, there are also these movements to have more environmentally friendly endowments. Uh, I mean, is that affecting uh, some of these mineral rights holdings or or maybe it's turning schools off just even from the get go? I mean, how, how is that playing in here? Um, well, it's, it's a relatively new phenomenon, you know, discovering these mineral rights, and they've only become valuable in the last couple of years. And I think in some ways it's a bit under the radar that, um, you know, in, in the case of the University of Oklahoma, it's an asset class because it's, you know, it's, it's brought in quite a bit of money, about $30 million over the last decade. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just not, um, I don't think, on the radar screen. Well, and, and also fracking is part of that, right? The, the valuation on the, or the value of these rights is their ability to produce, and their ability to produce is much greater uh, when you can drill horizontally and frack the well in ways that weren't possible even 20 years ago. Absolutely, even 10 years ago. And they were on the books. For example, these mineral rights of the University of Oklahoma valued at $1 for decades. And it was really only until the technology became less expensive and, you know, really um, you know that that this is more of a common practice that this, these became valuable. Well, so I mean, what what would a school rather have? Because this is still somewhat of an illiquid asset. I mean, does this make more sense than you know, say, real estate right now? I mean, oil well, is fairly liquid. That, well, it is well, gaseous. <laughs> in, indeed. <laughs> well, but you're you're not going to be paying even if you're not a university who does not pay taxes. Um, you know, if they're not producing, they're not. They're not, there's no taxes that you're paying out. There's no holding costs. Like you would have to pay property taxes for real estate. So in that sense, um, you know, it's, it's a free asset. And also for schools that or other institutional investors that like the idea of this as an asset class, you can buy their public stock. When we mentioned in the story, Blackstone Minerals, as well as private equity funds. Great stuff, Janet Lauren, as always. Janet Lauren is our Bloomberg News higher education reporter. Finds great stuff like this. This is Bloomberg.